All right, season six. I think I'll have exactly two hours for this, or maybe even a little bit less. Um, going, uh, doing the season six overview, um, starting now. Um, just got off the phone with my dad. It's his birthday. Um, I love birthdays. It's they're very uh, special occasions for me. Um, and there's another birthday coming up. I'm not sure how I'm gonna handle that one, but. Um, birthdays. Birthdays are big deals. Um, so I just talked to my dad. He's happy. Uh, he's eating chocolate cake. Um, and I really, like I meant, I meant, of course I always mean to, but I've been going through so much stuff and just kind of on a limited budget. Um, I used to, before I was vegan, um, Trader Joe's sells like the most delicious sheet cakes ever. Um, when I, before I was a vegan, I actually used to like, that was like my guilty pleasure is I could go kill this. Like I could go get one of the, these, uh, Trader Joe's sheet cakes and kill it all by myself. Um, and just feel so guilty about it because they're so decadent and so delicious. Um, I think, I think, um, like time wise, I think it would, would have been around the time that I met, um, Ollie at Podshare. Um, but yeah, I used to go, I used to go around the corner to Trader Joe's in fucking, um, where is that place? In Westwood. Westwood, actually. Westwood, California is like one of my favorite places. It's where, it's, it's like a college town technically, um, because that's where UCLA is. Um, and there's actually a lot of like history there um like culturally i guess like for rave culture like party culture but only i guess maybe because ucla is there ucla is like like one of my dream schools like if i could go to any college of my choosing it would definitely be um ucla but (laughs) like good luck um i actually got um i actually like finally got to go to a frat party way way after my college years um like with some UCLA kids and I don't even think that I would at this point like I you know I'm very much growing into my my age um I don't think I'd handle it well like being around those kids because it was just like a whole bunch of like hot people um doing hot hot people shit and I was like whoa like I I couldn't even handle the stories they were telling me um is how ridiculous and like epic it sounded like being but oh oh my god that's so crazy that this story this story is happening on this day the anniversary of this day which i could never forget because it is my my dad's birthday um (laughs) it was my dad's birthday i met this girl um named jamie at the very first time that i ever I never actually even planned to do this like this whole this whole series is an accident but especially this part um especially this part um this has nothing to do with season six this is actually like all all preliminary to the first season but like I think it's kind of how the whole like in in the in the story and the way that it's written how it like it was almost as if the character of Dylan Francis like like forced his way in by complete accident because it was not something that I had like ever really developed in my consciousness to like do actually you know what I had I did not even I wasn't even aware that (laughs) this person existed beyond actually like having heard his name on like certain rosters and being like completely uninterested um but me myself being the kind of person I am or I I guess at least the kind of woman 
Um, and I've talked about this very briefly, but I don't think I've ever really told this story to this effect because that's actually how I ended up at this fucking um, UCLA. <laughs> I actually just started this about cake. That's how that's how funny my ADD is sometimes. Um, was I wished I had gotten my dad a cake because like this I don't I, I don't even eat this cake from Trader Joe's anymore, but it's like still one of my favorite things ever. Like and if I ever wasn't a vegan. I like I love and they make it in vanilla they make it in vanilla and chocolate it's just like a fucking sheet cake and I'm pretty sure it's like Trader Joe's brand it's not like any other it's like Trader Joe's brand fucking sheet cake but it's so good and it has like a buttercream icing they make it in chocolate and vanilla it's just it's fucking good it's like the richest I think like the chocolate cake is like the richest like cake ever I don't think I've had like a richer I, I think I've had like like super expensive dessert chocolate cake at like a fancy fucking restaurant that was like too like too rich to eat but like the trader joe's sheet cake is like too rich to eat but i meant to go well i wanted to go get my dad one and send it all the ship it all the fucking way to alaska which takes forever and then like here's the thing is like the post the post system there like you're just taking your chances they're like oh it could show up on this day or it might like i don't know because in the, especially in the winter time because shit gets frozen and then like planes don't land or like entire packages get lost like i've sent entire packages to alaska that have just never shown up anywhere like or they showed up somewhere apparently or not or not um you know but yeah either way um <laughs> i really wanted to go to trader joe's but um like in what is the definition of like a food desert so i mean like the nearest trader joe's is definitely a two-hour bus right away and i've been um i've been conserving my energy just because i have so many tedious fucking things to do in ableton not that my dad is not important but also like with the fact that i'm on a on a budget um and on a time crunch because i'm i'm really trying to like i don't know make the most of my time before i have like none of it because i do feel i do feel like the influx of like things like having to expend like physical energy in an outward sense or having to spend more time in the world like coming but either way i met this girl um at this fucking dylan francis show my first ever dylan francis show which was just like nuts uh, like it blew my mind <laughs> actually um to the point where i became like a very very i was i was like oh this is cool like I don't know new music like cool but I didn't re I didn't realize actually that it was like a whole I didn't realize he had his own franchise um or that you know in some kind of strange way that I still don't really trust the universe about um that I would be like sucked into it it was like a portal um this show um <laughs> just an infinite portal of fucks um but I met this girl actually um like a perfect person who was actually like it like to me was actually like a really bad person to spend my time around because she was like so pretty and so perfect that like everything like it was it was actually almost like we were two different creatures like because of the person that i am the person that she was it was like we existed in two different worlds <laughs> um and um the way that i and it was on it was on my dad's birthday um i got randomly invited by this dude um, that I, like, I think met on Radiate or something. I think Radiate, yeah, because I was using Radiate to, like, get around as a, like, I was, I was just starting in music, like, as a DJ, as a wannabe DJ, actually, even, um, yeah, and, uh, using Radiate to kind of, like, promote myself, because Radiate is not, 
what it used to be. Radiate now is like very, very different from even even the time that this was. Like it's very different from the time that I started using it. When I started using that app, it was this app that you couldn't even find on the app store because it was technically illegal called like Roll Random. And Roll Random was like was like the new era way of like finding raves, you know, or undergrounds like by word of mouth and you couldn't even just go download it you actually had to have like you had to have people like sponsor you like recommend you like oh you have to have like two or three friends that have the app and then like they'll say like okay they'll vouch like they'll be cool for you and then you could go download the app and then you could find like like-minded people and and raves like now girls just like sell their only fans on there (laughs) people use it to like sell acid it's fucking weird now but um um yeah (laughs) that that app is and it it wasn't called radiate it was called roll random and it was really cool um but it's changed but anyway this dude um that i'm pretty sure i met on roll random i'm not sure because i was doing a lot like i was still on social media back then um but i'm pretty sure we met on radiate (laughs) like this dude sent me a fucking poster and i i couldn't forget the day because it was my dad's birthday um (laughs) and i think i had meant to send him a cake that year although not specifically from trader joe's um but yeah no it um this dude was like hey um come to the show with me this is not about the sixth season this is a this is a uh what's it called i guess it's an opening story (laughs) end of the sixth season because the sixth season is also like strange enough that like my avoidance of it makes sense um because it it's it's literally like where the worlds of these worlds begin like merging into reality to the point where like as as a person um who's like very sober and very very celibate at this point like started to well i mean like anything can happen in la like you know like anything can literally be anything um because like that's kind of a place where the like where where movie magic can like just happen and it's just like i don't know like i don't know if this is being manipulated if like whatever's happening is scripted like you just never know because it's la and like la shit happens there um to like to to make the that's how that city functions you know it's very very specific to la in the way that it, um in the way that it functions as a city and um yeah no sixth season was weird in that way but this was also in la um <laughs> this was also in la so it was one it was one of those events where it's like what the fuck is happening right now um because there was like there, there was like all this obscure there was like these obscure like art installations and shit like that didn't make any sense at all at all and i was like what the fuck is that supposed to mean like like but not even knowing not to read into it because it's still in fucking francis you can't trust that dude for fucking shit um because you just never know what part of his his um <laughs> what part of his character he's playing because he, there is so many different facets of that actual person as a person that you just never know um you know which is cool um he's very mysterious in that way but also um not but anywho um this dude sosa <laughs> this fucking dude i've talked about him before 
about how he um, was a photographer. And I guess when you're a photographer in L.A., like, the general sense of having that experience is that girls, especially girls in entertainment, are willing to do whatever to fucking get pictures. And so I guess he was expecting me to be a typical girl in that sense, in the way that it's like, oh, I want my picture taken for social media or whatever. You know, I'm going to be, you know, nice to you in whatever way. Um, But really, I was just like, yo, I want to go to this rave for free because um, like the poster was like hey it's free and I was like no way um he sent me the poster and he was like check it out and I was like well um I was like yo magic is real release party um free and I, like I I'm always I've always been this way um but especially later in my life um if something is free especially a rave like it's that's the easiest way to fucking get me to go like I wouldn't have gone if it wasn't free (laughs) and so it was like it's free it's free i was like oh but it was like only free if if you're in the first like if if you're the first i think like 100 people in line or something or whatever i can't remember at all um i just remember it was free and so um this dude was like do you want to go to this It's free because he invited me some other place and i was like no it's not free (laughs) um so a few days later he like texted me again he was like you want to go to this It's free and i was like yes and um that was a, a little bit of um me being like i said the kind of um person i am i'm not gonna lie i'm actually kind of like shitty um so the only reason i actually even know that this person i don't even know if i want to tell this story i don't think it matters much um i don't think it matters that much um does it matter i don't know i might as well uh might as well um so nah i'm not gonna tell this story so anywho if he was like it's free and i was like cool i'm gonna i'm gonna go to this because it's free and for some other fucking reasons that may be revealed at some other point um (laughs) but not right now so i was like yes you know (laughs) dylan francis fuck dylan francis because i actually did not like um the 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 level of familiarity that i had with this dj um was too was was very limited to the um the version of himself or the character that he played in one specific music video that gave me like a bitter distaste for like dj culture um but not really understanding in that way that it was kind of satirical just the same way that like Hansel is a satirical character and like most of most of the shit that he does in his world is like satirical for some reason or another um which is why he's so much of a canvas of a person because you can never really know like what which part of him is him um which is what an actor does which you know is what an actor does best um so yeah that that gives me a lot of creative uh creativeness um to to that um to have fun with and flexibility as far as i like creating my world in the festival project um yeah and just kind of using that as a backboard but i I go to this fucking thing with this dude um and this dude is not like interesting to me at all in fact to the point where i tried to go myself and i was like on the train 
but he was like yo I was, I was already on my way to your place but <laughs> it wasn't my place I gave him like a different address because I didn't want anybody to know where I lived and I was like well you know like I'm, I'm already on the train so and he <laughs> that dude was nuts he was like well I'm driving alongside the train it's the church you just get off at the station and I was like uh <laughs> so um yeah because I guess the point was to go together even though I kind of just took the invitation and was like, oh, I'll just go right now because I'll be one of the first 100 people there. And then he was like, where are you? Like, I'm already on my way. And I was just like, well, I mean, like, I figured I'd leave, you know. He's like, we'll get there faster if we drive. And I was like, whatever. Um, Because dudes are dudes. And this dude was, like, the epitome of, like, a, a dude, especially, like, being a photographer and thinking that, I like I guess he was very flawed and thinking that I would be like any typical girl and be like oh you're a photographer um you know um no I was not like that I just kind of wanted to see the show um for free but anyway this show um I won't go into detail it was just like a mind blow I was like what the fuck is happening there was like inflatable dancing I think there was like unicorns and shit there was like billboards that said obscure things that was like they're watching you and I was like what the fuck like I I don't know I don't remember what the fucking shit said that was like it was nuts and I was like I was like oh and I was fasting too I was like in it I was deeply in a fast like maybe seven days deep um because I was doing that a lot then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to this fucking thing. Um, and I met this girl, actually, and uh, we ended up, we were friends for a very limited time. Um, excuse my cutting, by the way. This this whole episode is gonna be irritating to listen to, I'm realizing, because I'm making these fucking things. Um, <laughs> um, I met this girl who just, like, it was one of those energies that just, like, appeared in the corner of my eye. Um, this this perfect person, um, of course, and I, I'm learning a lot about like very pretty women or very pretty people, and it's just that they don't always necessarily even like understand their own beauty, which is like a flaw within itself. Because it's like a person can be flawless and gorgeous and beautiful, and like think that they're ugly or not have any like sense of like awareness about themselves. It happens a lot in California. I've met a lot of people in California that like don't know how how like aesthetically gorgeous they are and i'm like i don't know if i should be the one to tell you like how fucking like you're you look like a fucking you look like a commercial right now like (laughs) and they're usually like the nicer ones are like what like they don't know they have no self-awareness of it um you know but yeah beautiful people like startle me i met this girl she looked like a fucking gypsy and she was gorgeous and it turned out that she was on the um ucla like the the actual pro like ucla team and the ucla's volleyball team is like pay to play so like all the girls on that team are like six foot something like like models like they're all but they're athletes like they're actual like they they were telling me about the training for that and it was insane like the the shit that they would have to do like and this girl specifically jamie um was just gorgeous had like these fucking like hazel eyes i always love those and fucking just tall blonde freckles oh gorgeous just a gorgeous girl and um i think we started like we just started vibing like dancing and and it ended up with each other's numbers or whatever because i ended up going to the front (laughs) with like a group of people because that's just where i go at these things and like when when i got to the door um was funny and i like (laughs) what's funny is like they put they gave me like a vip bracelet 
but the, the dude that I came with, they didn't give him a VIP bracelet. And so, like, con- like morally, I felt bad because he was the dude that, like, invited me. And even though we weren't there together, like, he was, like, openly flirting with, like, other people. And I was still, like, really stuck on um, whatever was happening with me. And so, um, yeah, no, I was just, like, stuck and uh wasn't like i don't know when i when i fall for somebody i don't see anything else like i get tunnel vision hard and i just like even if if, even if the way that i feel is not reciprocated necessarily it doesn't matter like i'm like it doesn't matter it's gonna be at least like three or four years till i get over this fucking person being like the the fucking center of my fucking like that's all i want that's all again that's what i'm fixated on and even after that i'm just like i you know that's it um yeah so he's like flirting with other girls because i'm not you know receptive to his his uh his coming on to me because i'm just like nah it's not you know uh, i just want to go see this show for free <laughs> uh which was the truth and um yeah we get there and at the door they're just like here is this vip bracelet and i was like oh like not even realizing what it was for until like until the show started and like the the vip part like opened and i realized that like everybody going into that area had the same like second bracelet that i had but i like i said like i just don't like i i've talked about it before how i had a best friend that would like ditch me um and just like go fucking fly off the handle and meet other people and then like reappear um, and then later in our friendship, like, as we continued to rave, like, I would just start disappearing. Because I'm like, I, I don't want to be ditched. So I would just, like, ditch her before she could ditch me. And that's how I started, like, gaining my own traction and freedom and independence. Like, raving. Because I was like, she's going to ditch me anyway already. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, fuck off on my own. And so, <laughs> um, but as far as, like, when somebody, I don't know, like... He, he gave me a ride there and invited me in the first place. So I was like, well, I wouldn't be here without this person. I'm not just going to fucking ditch him and go into the VIP. Like, even though we weren't, like, together in that sense. Um, in fact, there was a lot of... There was a lot... <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um, I don't know if maybe it's because I was fasting, so my vibration was higher than normal or something. Um, but there was, like, a lot of dudes like interested in me that i had just no like had no patience for whatsoever i was like nah um and i maybe it's because i was dancing and that's how i that's how i realized that dylan francis has the ability to make me dance um and actually has always had that ability because i didn't know that like one of my favorite songs to dance to was actually by him but was also put out on Auslo's label. That's in, like, the the origins of the legend of Super Green that I didn't even know that this, this music is... Um, this music that just had this, like, uh, this uh, hypnosis over me um, came from two places that actually were very... that are considerably very... Um, have a deeper meaning, you know? Especially in the story and to, just to me as a person. Um, but, yeah, no, that... Um, that whole happenstance um yeah happened a on my dad's birthday which is today and b um i just realized that i might have given out i don't know i there's so many i'm like nine different people so i could be anybody lol um but yeah it's where i met jamie and that's how i ended up at like my first like ucla frat party like 10 years post (laughs) 
graduate <laughs> post college and um like I said I don't think I'd ever I don't think I'd be able to handle actually going to fucking like a college like UCLA just hearing the stories about like sororities and just like all and fraternities and all these like like gnarly like the the world of like the beautiful Barbie people um like just hearing these stories about like how messed up and out of their heads they get and like I don't know because they have perfect bodies they're just they have like unlimited options and they they, like just run around fucking each other and like fucking each other's people and being mad and getting in fights like it's it's just nuts like I I, it blew my mind even listening to the story at this fucking um (laughs) gathering that I ended up at um but at least I got to go because I was like wow like I don't think if I wasn't a DJ I don't think I'd end up in this in this uh in this world that I always wondered about like when I actually was in college but I was like too fat to be invited to anything and like nobody wanted to like <laughs> like oh my god just heartbreaking heartbreaking things like this one dude um all my friends were going to a party and they were leaving the dorms and they invited me but this dude was like you too fat to fit in my car and so they just left me and I was like devastated um but yeah no that was another story but I finally got to go to this you know frat people gathering thing um many years later with this girl named Jamie that I met um that she was actually just too perfect to be around like it it actually gave me like 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 towards the end of our friendship or whatever I like realized that we just live in two different worlds because of like the dimensions of our bodies and that like I don't, like, I've already said that, like, 90 times. I hate being around, like, ridiculously good-looking people because I'm not, <laughs> you know? Um, or at least to me, you know? Like, I do, like, the aspects of my beauty are more, you know, centered in sapiosexuality. Um, which is something that people have always just told me. They're like, yeah, you're not, you know, you're not pretty, but, like, you're attractive because of you're smart or you're funny. And I'm like, that's not, that's the worst it's it's the fucking worst um you know um so yeah that's that's the beginning of my story which has nothing to do with season six but only because i i uh i just talked to my dad which makes me really happy um which makes me really happy um yeah and it um trader joe's cake and uh and uh this day in history this day in history where um, I guess magic is real actually became like, like, a like it, it started making sense to me because that was the name of the album. This, this was the release party for it. And I actually didn't even know that like professionally as a DJ, um, that I would actually have respect for this person that I just like had a deep resentment against like it uh, like even character building we can say that like of course i started with like a a huge deep resentment for dylan francis i was like fuck this dude um and then i went to that release party and the bass dropped and i was like yo cool i have i have something new to listen to um you know before i even really started writing (laughs) um just because like yeah um the magic the magic definitely uh, at, at this moment began or continues to hit me um so it did and so yeah that was on this day in history now we're going to talk about the sixth season um now that we've talked about that for for um 30 minutes 
um, just because it's like it's hard for me to even talk about this season um, where reality started enmeshing with like with story and fiction where again uh, of course I feel like I'm living in a TV show um, or in like a you know like in many TV shows and the multi-dimensionality of the festival project at all um, started to re um, re-emerge so to speak um, I started mixing again. I was living at a hotel in downtown Los Angeles, Angeles, um, in downtown Los Angeles. I'd never lived in DTLA before. Actually, the first time that I moved to LA when I was 17, I went to DTLA once and it was before like modern, (laughs) this is before like modern GPS or anything. Um, so I had like the map quest directions to where I was going printed out with me, um, and I got lost in downtown LA and I thought it was like the scariest place ever. And then like the sun went down and I was like, no, fuck this. Um, <laughs> so I was, I always actually avoided DTLA for every reason um, possible. But I ended up um, staying at this place because it's one of the very few, uh, one, because of the, I was, like I said, in the end of the fifth season, I was staying at a place that was just very dirty. Like, there was just, like, dog pee and, like, feces everywhere. And, like, I actually got in trouble for, like, using too much bleach to clean the bathroom. But, like, somebody had, like, vomited in the bathroom. So I got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. And it just smelled like it just reeked of vomit. So I was like, fuck this. And so I, I like, deep cleaned the bathroom in the middle of the night with, like, bleach. And then and then they started yelling at me. They were like, the bathroom smells like bleach. And I'm like, but it doesn't smell like vomit. Um, <laughs> You know? I was like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, you know, like they, they would just like let their dogs pee in the house and then like not clean up the pee for like several days at a time. Or I would be like, I would be like, Hey, there's dog pee. And so they, what they would do is put like a chair over it and then just keep walking past it for their, like they wouldn't clean it up. They would just put a chair over the pee. That's not effective. Um, so yeah, the whole place smelled like dog pee. I smelled like dog pee because I lived in this place. Um, so yeah, um, I found a job in LA um that I actually didn't end up staying at because it was like commission sales based and they had um like a script um that I didn't like it was weird like it was like you had to like learn this monologue and then that was the monologue that you would use as your sales pitch and then everything was like commission based so like you could work entire eight hour or even 12 hour shifts and not get paid and I was like that's not gonna work for me um so I ended up moving to to LA with very limited money but I at least had like I think I had like two or three weeks that I could afford to pay for this hotel to to find a job in that time um and in that time they had like a rooftop um and it's like I was saying it's very clean um very clean it's probably the the cleanest hostel that I've ever stayed at um and so that was like my top pick for I was like I'm gonna stay here not that I wanted to stay in DTLA but it's like down the it's like down the street from Whole Foods Market which you know if you listen to this show and you know me you know that I live at the Whole Foods Market um that you know 95% of my diet is based at Whole Foods Market um and it is very expensive but it's also like just like once you start eating clean and organic like there's almost no backtracking you know and then um you know it's it's a franchised fucking organic market so other organic places like like small owned as much as i want to support like small businesses for the most part like 
because Whole Foods is owned by fucking Amazon, which I know is like a, a controversy in itself because they have the monopoly or something. I actually just read that California is like suing Whole Foods for uh, like our Amazon, which is Whole Foods, the same fucking owners, <laughs> um, like for having the monopoly on fucking um, business or something, some shit, some rich people shit, but yeah, I just read that the other day, and I was like, that's not surprising, I wonder how that's gonna go, but I read it on accident, anything, any news that I accidentally take in is very much by accident, I'll take it in on accident, um, (laughs) on accident, um, which, speaking of that, which is funny, you know, usually my phone gives me, like, a pause, but no, I'm going to have to like actually just take a, a restroom break without pausing it. Because sometimes I don't know what the difference is. Sometimes it'll give me like a pause button. I can pause. But today it's only giving me the stop button. So I actually have to excuse me for a moment. I wish I had hold music. I actually do. Hold on. <laughs> I have hold music. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'll give you guys hold music. Because um, <laughs> I have to... This is going to be a two-hour episode. Oh, that's not hold music. Um, it's it's going to be close to a two-hour episode. And then, of course, I have to go to the Whole Foods Market because I always have to go to the Whole Foods Market. Um, I hate not having a refrigerator. It sucks. It means that I pretty much have to shop for groceries every day or just eat, like, pantry foods, which is wreaking havoc on my fucking health. I can't wait to be able to cook again. And who knows or who can say when the fuck that is. But here... Um, I actually love this song, the, uh, uh, let's see, actually, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that, where was that, this is just a general house mix, play that for a second, (laughs) and I'll be right back.
break that I needed because sometimes I don't get a pause button on this thing. It's weird. Um, I still record this series using the voice memos on my iPhone, um, my iPhone 12 Pro Max because uh, God knows I haven't upgraded and um you know probably won't i actually i don't i don't do those gimmick things that are like trade in your fucking and you get you get it back in bill credits like no um i bought this iphone like 100 at cost with cash um so i really I t like i said i don't really like payment plans or after pay or any of that unless i absolutely have to um just because i don't like you know you never know what's gonna happen so if something can end up on your credit which is important um is important um then yeah then you should you know i just believe in in buying things outright and not buying things if you can't necessarily afford them um on that note let's see where was i at oh season six so i moved into this fucking hotel um and that's when my 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 dj life started to kick into gear actually just a, a little bit before that um because on that note um that's i got my flx6 like just kind of knowing or thinking that i could at least like um dj again like just before i left um nevada which is a horrible place i put everything in storage um except for my flx6 you know um and whatever i could pack and carry on back because i think that um I think that it was never it was never a permanent plan to be back in LA with like no money, which is like the it's one of the worst places on earth to be with no money. Um besides New York, and I will say that, but you know, New York is at least a little bit more like poverty friendly in the way that it's it's easier to get along in New York without money. I think because it's got so many more people and a lot of them don't have money. So it's there there's like a community of poverty in new york um in la it's just like no you can live in a tent or you can make like an atrocious amount of money um you know or you can you i mean like the system in la is like this like you can come from money or you can frazzle your brain or do something extremely illegal trying to get it <laughs> um and it's either gonna go one way or another like you're gonna frazzle yourself into being um, in that one percentile or you know you're gonna um, end up in a tent which a lot of people do like a lot of people move to LA like I'm gonna be famous I'm gonna make it I'm gonna this I'm gonna that and um, no a lot of people just end up working themselves to into like insanity um, I, I experienced a lot of like life altering things there um you know like just people that have, like were not able to i mean like it's such a normalcy there though i'm not gonna lie uh like and uh, that was almost me and when i felt myself towards the end of the sixth season like when i felt that happening i think is when i decided like to pull out <laughs> like i couldn't do it anymore because it was just getting nuts it was getting wacky to the point where i was like like what actually is happening um what is happening but um at the beginning of the sixth season it was mostly mixtapes i think there was not a lot of like talking about what was actually happening because what was happening was so bizarre and i was writing a lot because um i ended up let's see i was fasting i was definitely fasting um and i ended up walking into this this place that i thought i had already applied to online i was djing by the way there was a rooftop at this place at this hotel that i was living at um that i could just like go up there and uh plug in my shit and like make make mixtapes so i started mixing again 
um, at first for like 30 minutes at a time and then like the you know it got to be more and then it got to be less again because I was mixing between gym and like my job um, and at one point two jobs um, but but then it just kind of became like um, oh yeah I had that boss that started clapping at me like a fucking dog or some shit like I don't know like I reached a breaking point and it, it like it could have been cultural because now I'm around more Indian people being in New York and like understanding that sometimes they like like the way that they talk to their kids and their women because they're very misogynistic in that culture like so, like they'll clap and like make obnoxious noises at, at their children and at their women like to get their attention but it's normal in their culture but it wasn't normal to me so i had this boss um fucking at this place that i just walked into um because at first i'm like making mixtapes but then i'm realizing that like i'm in la like of all the places so of course i'm talking to you know venue people and i'm like oh you know you know i've dj'd and this and that i'm I'm looking for dj jobs and they're like yeah but they expect you to kind of like do shit for free at the beginning or like you know or put you on the roster months in advance you know like oh yeah we're having this thing in february it's like november you know um we're having this thing in february if you want to fucking play you know and we'll pay you your rate you know whatever um but i'm like that is not gonna help me now so of course i started i was fasting i'm still in a um I was still in a in a fasting mode, even though I was around people, because um, this this hotel is also like a hostel. So I was sharing a room with like um, three other people, you know. Um, and this is this is when the um, ridiculous um, Australian man. I think I've only written about the Australian man, but he like he like came out of nowhere. Well, Australia, obviously, he came from down under. <laughs> um, was like two is one of those things that was too good to be true and then like hurt but in a good way but in a bad way and just kind of also kept me in my like kept me in my zone and my complex like i'm like i said before i'm not a man hater like i can't hate men i love them so much um to the point where it's just like even all the fucked up shit that they do makes sense because they're men and i i'm kind of like old-fashioned in that sense it's like boys will be boys but like you can't even you can't untrain them from that's their that's that's how society is built we live in like a fucking man's world as much as we want to say that like oh no women women control they and they do like in a backdoor sense women do control everything because women control the way that men think and most of what they do is for women like they don't want to be rich excessively rich you know without the fact that that's how they want to like fuel their sexuality like they don't want to be successful in any necessary like they want more women as many as they can conquer that's their conquest that's their shit is to get as many fucking bitches as possible and to have as many females in love with them because that's the the energy that they live on that's the energy that they feed on so i mean like (laughs) i'm grown enough to understand that like there ever there never is like no one for him like it it might be the one for him but that's temporary you know (laughs) you know and either way he's always gonna have like a fucking you know another one you know so i don't i don't necessarily even believe in in um men that are monogamous um even though i do believe in you know there there are chivalrous men there are romantics there are um you know there are monogamous at least for uh, a time being but like to have that expectation of like for men to love the way that women do is almost uh, like i don't really believe in that anymore 
um and I am a romantic so to to even say that but yeah no um it's just their it's their conquests um that's the reason why they want to be rich and famous is for women you know um I don't know how I got on that subject but um oh just just men I think um I can't remember what I was talking about but either way I got this job I was fasting and um staying at this hotel and DJing on this fucking roof and um like every day religiously um and then at the end of a fast um like the very end of a fast I actually like it was weird I saw this thing in the sky like this is where things started to get a little bit like different because I was fasting I saw this thing in the sky and I wasn't sure what it was because it wasn't a plane and it wasn't a helicopter in the way that it moved and it was just like blinking and like I was fixated on it because I was on the phone it was a, it was a very special day another birthday um I was on the phone but I was like looking at this thing because I was like what is that you know like um on a rooftop in LA the LA city skyline is very um you know it's beautiful but like I was fixated on this thing and I was like is it a drone I don't know what it is but it didn't look like a drone because it was way high up like it I was like is, is it a satellite but it wasn't moving and satellites move in like a certain pattern or orbit so I was like what is this I was like is it Elon like what is it <laughs> you know like I was like what is this thing and like when I fixated on it it like moved but only enough that I like I was like whoa like what is that thing you know is it like what is the spaceship type thing um so when I got off the phone, I like stayed transfixed on it, but I was like, what is this um, thing? And I like, tr- I like tried to follow it. I was like, hopefully I can still see it when I go downstairs and I'm on the ground level. So I went downstairs cause it was, it was like in, it was, it looked like it was in space. It couldn't have been a helicopter in the way that it moved. Um, like, I don't, I don't know what it was. I still to this day, like don't know what it was. And I had almost forgotten about it. Um, but this was, you know, this was technically the beginning of season six because I don't think I was doing anything except for posting mixtapes and looking for, like, actual work. And um, this this thing, like, f- flew over to the... It, <laughs> I was going to Equinox, I think. And um, I thought that it had, like, flown over um, Citibank. The, that's which is where the Equinox in DTLA is. So I was like, oh, is it? You know, it's just a, it's a sign I should go to the gym. But Which I was on my way to the gym anyway. Um, because there's nothing like going on a nice fast and then, like, working out, like, all that energy. And then eating. Um, like, it sounds like, yeah, I'm going to have a cupcake today. <laughs> um, yeah, but on the way there... And it had hovered over this, like, little place that I thought that I had fucking applied for on Indeed already, but I hadn't. It was a different smoke shop. I was like, oh. So I walked in, and I was like, because I saw that they were hiring, and I also, I think I needed papers. I don't know. I, I just went in this place. And, um, and... I was like, oh, you guys are hiring. I think I applied already, but I had actually applied for another place. And this place was just, just happened to be hiring and I just happened to be there. So they were like, oh, like you, you want to work? And I was like, yeah. And so they're like, you can start tomorrow. I'm pretty sure like something like that. And I was like, whoa, cool. So I had a job like instantly. And I was like, whoa, this fast did its job. Cause that's what I needed. I needed a job. And, um, so yeah, I was like, oh, cool. So it'll be perfect to end this fast and go to Equinox and then uh, I'll start working and it was you know I don't I can't even say that I even have music from that period because that was another that was like another portal (laughs) this place 
um, that I really, really did not enjoy like working there because I was so low in priority. And then there was another dude that came in on like one of my first days. Oh no, the dude told me during my, my little walk-in interview, he was like, yo, we just hired this guy who was working at the time. This is how I should have known not to trust this person. He was like, we just hired this guy, but I'm going to fire him and hire you instead. So you come in tomorrow and I'm going to fire this guy right now. And then that guy, like after I was working there for a couple of days and he was like, oh, I see you guys hired somebody else. But like, this dude didn't even call me to let me know that I wasn't hired. He said he was going to pay me for the day and, and call me back when I should start working and didn't. And I was like, oh. And he came in and like threw a fit because he's like, yo, people are homeless in this bitch. You can't just not pay somebody. And then like they had to pay him out of the till. But yeah, this dude, this dude was sketchy anyway. This the boss. I mean, like he like rich people, rich people shit. Um, but I worked there for at least a, a, a portion of time enough to like, I don't know, um, just kind of be in in a, in a, in a sense again reminded that I was not necessarily on the right path, but I at least was closer to it. Because um, I think I've talked about it. I walked in on my first day of work, which was like the next day, and. Um, and there was this little Gerald pinata. Um, well, because me, me and the manager that trained me got to know each other. And he was like, oh, he was like a baby DJ. Like, and I mean baby DJ. Like, his decks were like the first decks that I ever owned. The first decks that got, like, stolen. Um, but the first decks that I ever owned, he was like, yeah, I just, you know. Like the, the $300 <laughs> um, toy decks. I called them toys because the, the first time I ever played on a CDJ, like, I went back to that fucking, <laughs> that, my my toy, and I was like, this is a toy, what the fuck, it's plastic, you know? Because um, the first time I ever played on CDJs, I was like, whoa, like, I noticed the difference, you know? Um, of, like, what, like, the difference between, of, uh, I think they said, the people who owned that place were like, yeah, we spent like seven thousand dollars on this setup or whatever and it wasn't even their main setup that was like their shitty setup they were like this one's like eleven thousand but that one's only like seven or some shit like that and i was like wow like you know wow um <laughs> but yeah that um that whole debacle la is la i will always love la i've been homesick probably for all the wrong reasons what what did i say oh yeah yesterday i was like on the bus and uh, and uh, somebody lit up a blunt and i was like whoa we're just smoking blunts on the bus now and i was like mad because like i don't know sometimes ghetto people do ghetto shit and i'm like yo um also ghetto people don't always know that they're ghetto so don't tell them that they are um certainly don't insinuate that because they then they get more ghetto um like you're doing something ghetto right now they're like i'm not ghetto um, i grew up two weeks uh, two blocks from here i'm like guess what two blocks from here is the ghetto uh, <laughs> but they don't know that they have like no sense of self-awareness in that way i grew up two blocks from here i'm like that's the ghetto um but yeah no um small worldness anywho <laughs> somebody lit up a blunt on the bus yesterday and i was like oh we're just smoking blunts on the bus now and then it like made me recall a time where i was riding the bus in la and somebody was just straight smoking meth on the bus and i was like oh yeah <laughs> like at least it's not because in the back of my mind i was like at least not crack because like i don't know la is just crack city sometimes we're fucking one time I was at a bus stop in a pretty nice area of fucking LA and like people like there was like a whole group of people 
that were like it was like a crack group on the at the bus stop above ground like not even and people also do this in the subway station anyway la i've been missing la but for the wrong reasons and that was one of the reasons because i was like oh we're smoking fucking blunts on the bus now and uh and then i recalled that i was like well at least it's not methamphetamine and then i was like oh yeah man i miss la but then i was like that's a fucked up reason to miss la (laughs) um yeah but yeah i have been homesick in weird ways lately um but i don't know it got to be it got to be um kind of like it was psychotic for a while that like the because it was dtla and like that has a notorious like skid row is no is a notorious place but like um i don't know i think i've talked about it very briefly um and maybe even on this podcast because i was recording with gmo once um my my super homie in la um you know where a lot of the sunny blue project was born um, like I said, he's, I think he's, like, one of the two people in the whole world that actually call me Sunny, Sunny Blue, um, who is, by the way, a character, but I'm very much a method actor when it comes to things, or maybe it's just because a lot of the time, um, so much of the, so much of the story is based in reality that it just, like I said, the worlds, like, blend together, um, and, um, it was actually a slip of the tongue, the way that Sunny Blue was born, but, you know, from that moment, and Sunny, Sunny Blue is actually born in San Diego, and not at all in LA, um, that was, like, a whole summer in itself of discovery, <laughs> of discovery, but, yeah, we'll talk about that in another, because I think that, let's see, what, it's all, it's all before the first season, all that shit is, like, in the origins, um it's all before the first season that whole summer in in san diego is before this podcast even existed um for good reason actually um i think it was all before iambic yeah because yeah because um yeah it was all before iambic either way um let's see where are we at in the sixth season oh where um when i started working at the smoke shop and this dude another redhead cutie pie of course um not necessarily my type but just cute cute especially like how you how you would expect a dubstep dj to look especially like a baby dubstep dj he looked like he looked like subtronics fucking like (laughs) like asexually fucking reproduced and it made like a tiny fucking oh and i actually just read very recently that like um subtronics or i think his name is jesse but we're not on a first name basis because we don't know each other really um you know I did have one of his fans once be like, Subtronics is my best friend. And I wasn't sure if he was like, in his own world, my best friend. Or like, I I didn't know how to take it. But either way, um, (laughs) yeah, no, um, this dude, this long haired, redhead stoner dude, um, who got really annoying after a while because he fell in love with this girl and he wouldn't stop talking about her like nonstop um just ella 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 i was like shut up dude um but yeah he was a baby dj and he would always play bass music so i actually when i started working the second job like a like a couple weeks later um which paid me more um 
and I ended up just that was like my preliminary job because they were so short-staffed because the conditions were horrible <laughs> and it was in it was like a block away from actual Skid Row oh that's what I was talking about with Skid Row is how like I guess the history of Skid Row is this is actually more racist history that this country is just like <laughs> this, this country has no shortage of racist history whatsoever um but this part of it is how Skid Row which is a notorious like um homeless area in los angeles which the whole of los angeles at this point is a notorious homeless area like you can pretty much go under any building any bridge any fucking place any parking lot and there's going to be like a you know there's going to be like a collective a collection of homeless people um because that's you know we live in a world where that can exist you can just do that you can just own a whole bunch of property and not um of you know not have affordable housing for anybody um that's legal that's legal for people to do that but um yeah the history of skid row is this is that um during the i think it's the late 1970s or early 1980s when they made the law or they there was a like a whole bunch of controversy about um people people who were living in like um mental facilities basically at the time being mistreated so rather than to actually fix the issue what they did was just empty those facilities in mass in this one area in los angeles um which bred like this whole place you know skid row was born from like they would empty the jails and the mental facilities out in the middle of the night they would just drop people off by the bus load in this one area um that still exists so i mean like this is hap this happened so long ago that this area which is a notorious like a notoriously horrible place <laughs> um you know was like a block away from where i ended up working but like also it's it like skid row is not just like one block it's like arguably like in eight block radius in all directions from itself so <laughs> this place that i ended up working um after i i like i quit the other place by by proxy because the dude like fucking clapped at me and i was like not happy um but i felt like i was supposed to be there because i i went to put my stuff in the break room on the first day and there was like a, a tiny pinata there and the dude was a dj so i was like oh like he must be a dylan francis fan but no nobody's really a dylan francis fan <laughs> um yeah um I was like, is this your pinata? And he was like, no, um, the last person left that here. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. Um, so, so when I quit, I took the pinata and that's how I got my, um, my Gerald. But I actually had, I actually had another pinata before that. Um, that was like my, my, my pinata. Um, and I, I don't remember what happened to that pinata, but it was brutal. Um, I don't know. I'd have to revisit. I'd have to revisit the first season, actually, because that's when that was. But anywho, this is the sixth season. And I'm working at this place. And I'm not liking how this boss is like, yo, I need, like, you need to learn everything about everything in here. So I did my best to, like, learn everything about. But I hadn't been a stoner in years. Like, I'm just older than that now. Like, I don't have to smoke pounds of weed every day to be on a functional level. <laughs> um so yeah i got hired at another smoke shop i was working two jobs and then one day um i was just too tired like i couldn't like i couldn't so i just didn't go um and that's it but i also already had felt disrespected because i did my my like i did my best trying to learn everything and then um like the boss was like it's still not good enough oh and then he also like i don't know hurt my feelings because kx5 was in town 
And he was and oh, oh, rich people. He was like, I don't even like this kind of music. And his wife was like, I don't even really like it either. But they had friends in town that came all the way from India to see KX5. And I was like, what? Like, that's like the amount of rich you have to be. They're like, oh, yes, we came in to see um, KX5 at the Coliseum. Actually, they came to see Cascade specifically <laughs> and left Dead Mouse out of it. They're like, yeah, we came to see Cascade. And I was like, there is, there is, it's a super group. There is a duo to this duo. <laughs> um, and they were like, yeah, we, we love this shit. And so the fucking owner of the smoke shop that I worked at, and his wife, they were like, oh, we don't even like it. But they bought, like, the super VIP fucking tickets to the show that I just wanted to go to so bad and was hoping that I'd be in a fucking place um, that I could fucking, that I could fucking, because I honestly, I never have listened to Cascade except, like, he, he made two songs that I love and then the rest of the fucking, like, the rest of it to me is meh. But I guess because I came up in, like, golden era DJ time where just, like, fucking you could pretty much find anybody that made headline, you know. Even before EDC, I think even came to Vegas when you could find, like, you know, it, it was, it was like, it was when Martin Garrix came out with Animals, um, like, before that, before that, actually, because Animals was kind of, like, at the at the peak when things started getting really mainstream and then, ED, uh, and then uh, EDC came to Vegas, Um from california which i could not forget for anything um i could not forget that because even my mom my mom has always known that like music is very special to me especially this music so i just remember when edc came to vegas and she handed me this like colorful magazine she was like i think you would like this and it was like edc's announcement that like you know they were there now and um yeah that's like a whole nother like i don't know um edc i love edc um <laughs> um yeah no i'm working at this fucking place and it got to be to the point where i was just like annoyed all the time like this this dude who was like a baby dj was always talking about like uh his fucking stupid girlfriend and then like the other girl that worked there just didn't like me at all so she was always like mean mugging me and then and then they were like you're not enough of a stoner and i'm like i'm sorry i just don't smoke weed all the time so like I've been out of the stoner game for so long that, like, I was like, what is this? Puff fucking, puff co, like, and all the attachments. Like, you can spend, you can easily spend, and I watched somebody once, you can easily spend $5,000 on just something to smoke weed out of. And that blew my mind, because I was, like, a super stoner growing up, but, like, not anymore. Um, so, yeah, I just got irritated with the whole situation and ended up not working there anymore. But I definitely took Gerald with me. <laughs> when i quit i was like fuck this and just didn't fucking show up um because i already had another job and they were so short-staffed and the conditions were so bad that their turnover period was like a day they were like are you sure you can handle it and i was like yeah and they were like and they pulled out like a million dollars in counterfeit money and they were like yo can you tell the difference i was like not really they were like this 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 money literally says for motion picture use only and i was like dang that's nuts um, so started working at this other place, which was just kind of like working inside of a reality show. Um, and also making my mixtapes daily because I, I still didn't. I was um, I was pretty strict about that. Like there was three things that I was going to do in any given day. And that was go to the gym, um, make a mixtape and go to work, you know. And so that was kind of like my that was the flow of the sixth season. Um, and 
um, about, I would say, I, I don't know, the real story writing, because I don't think I was writing much, I think was the thing. And this is the thing that made me start writing again. It was, uh, it was, it was, um, it was the thing that made me start writing again because it blew my mind so much. I've already talked about how I did, like, don't be famous around me. Definitely don't. Um, don't be famous around me because it's going to make some shit come out of me that acts different, um, in a way that's not healthy or good, um, for anybody. I don't like being around famous people, but, um, I especially don't. I just don't like the energy of it. I don't know. I've been I've been going back and forth on whether I should even talk about it, but like I have to because this whole storyline was born from this fucking moment and I still don't know if I was just Hollywooded or if that's something that's so deep within my consciousness that it just had to happen. Because then after this moment I had like a, a serious fucking how close am I getting? I still have an hour. I had like a serious regression of like why I am who I am. And, like, why my personality and my sexuality is what it is based on these, like, changes in my brain that all of these things are making. Um, and I don't know. It's still kind of, like, it's still kind of touchy. And I still, like, it got so, it got to be so blurred together that I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, am I being Hollywooded? Because Hollywood does some shit sometimes that makes you fucking on your A-game. Like, they'll put you at the center of a fucking blockbuster movie just to make you just to like just to it's part of the program just to like bring out something in you that they know is there i can't really it's illuminati um that's the joke that's where the joke literally came from because like yeah i was like there's too many coincidences i don't even believe in coincidences um this is not you know this is not necessarily even a funny story especially because of like the media and how twisted and fucking um considerably difficult it can be also because of like the fame monster and how it it literally takes like no like everybody's a victim of it at the end of the day like nobody has really ridden this fame journey without being in some way like affected or afflicted um and how long that that spans that like you know like nobody stays at the top um forever and like even when you do get to the top you're always going to have like these like that's why it's the fame monster um because you're always going to have conflicts and you're always going to have um controversy and you're always going to have this or that celebrities are like notorious for affairs but i just realized it's because they're all within the same body dimensions so it's not hard for you to just like get a different person <laughs> like i just switch persons because this person has like pretty much the same you know the same things that i find attractive about them um like i don't know um la and hollywood it really is home for me but in like the worst way that i'm just like i understand like the inner workings um there really are no like there really are no secrets anymore there are so many like i think because of our culture because of technology and like everybody everybody knows about like ndas which is weird to me i think i brought that up that everybody knows what an nda is and that's like public knowledge that like a non-disclosure agreement because like you're gonna have a conversation with this person that it, that you are legally bound at this point to not talk about you're gonna have you're gonna be in interactions with certain people that are are like secret like you can't talk about this because this person's into this or whatever and like it's gonna hurt their reputation um just being in the music business like i've learned about like pr like that sometimes <laughs> sometimes like celebrities do celebrity shit because it 
it's part of their contract <laughs> um because it's part of their fucking like agreement with another party that like oh this is part of fucking um this is part of part of the agreement um and so that and just not um not even understanding that i might have been being hollywooded because of my podcast also not understanding the reach that my podcast had in the first place um not at this point feeling not at all like i was even close to making it or being famous at all um you know like being in la without the la-ness because the la-ness is like somebody that just moved straight out of college or straight out of acting school or whatever and they're like i'm gonna be famous within this much time i'm like no you're gonna be a waitress um like everybody else is and you know maybe be doing um be reading scripts and doing auditions because that's the reality of it i've lived in la um on and off my whole life um like that's where i learned to skate that's where i learned to fucking that's where i was potty trained like so i've been in and out of la enough my whole life that i have a familiarity with it um but i moved to la for the first time when i was 17 and so just understanding that like everything is an effect of something and that la is so much of a machine that that's how it makes its energy is off of off of the off of the backs of people who at least think um that that they're gonna be you know they have a they have a plan you know um they have a plan and that's that's the energy that it thrives off of not a lot of people make it though a lot of people leave la within the first six months that they get there um because they realize that oh no i'm i'm not gonna necessarily land the roles that i want to or they come from a place where they may have been the most beautiful person at that school or in that group of people and so everybody told them hey you're the best singer i've ever heard you should move to la but they are just one of a million people that that happens to and so they're not the best then comes the um the next level of competitiveness is is like dealing with people who have grown up in LA and they're actually going to get the priority of advantage because of nepotism like um and as much as I love Billie Eilish because I love her voice I really feel like there's a really old soul behind it I know that there's a really old soul behind it um so I'm always going to be I'm, I can't necessarily say like a fangirl of Billie Eilish but I will fangirl Billie Eilish all he used to get mad at me all the time he's like oh why are you why are you um why are you fangirling Billie Eilish why are you obsessed with her I'm like I'm not necessarily obsessed because like like I said when it comes to fandom and obsession there is another level of just like like the level of of obsession and fandom that i maybe experienced as like a 12 year old girl of like liking a certain actor actress or band and like wanting to know everything about them and knowing everything about them possible being like oh what's this person's favorite color what's this person's favorite thing to eat you know but that level of obsession i think it died for me um like as as a as a young teenager, you know, as a, like thirteen, you know, when when you start realizing that like yo, okay, you start developing a conscious in that like this person is actually a person and this person has their own life and their feelings, um, you know, and they may have been because they came up in a certain way very affected by this fame or this notoriety in a negative way, um, you know, which I guess brings us to this point, at all, you know. Um, discussing things that necessarily shouldn't be discussed but have to be um, because it affected the way that I was actually writing this season um, on accident um, maybe because of my avoidance of the subject for so long I just like avoided it um, because I don't like 
I don't like attaching myself to something necessarily for the attention. Um, and because it, it, it like reoccurred in my mind that this was an actual, what the fuck is that? Is it an airplane? I don't know. Um, that's probably an airplane. (laughs) That one is. Um, I've never seen him fly that way though. Or I've never noticed him. Um, I live right off of a flight path, so it's cool. I really love planes, um, but sometimes, depending on the time of day or what or the day of the week, because I realize that like certain days are, are have um, busier air traffic than others, like I'll catch a plane doing something weird, and I'm like, oh yeah, see, he's making a loop. That's weird. Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> I love planes, um, but I don't necessarily like flying at all um i do but i don't (laughs) um because you're the more that you do it it increases your possibility of fucking crashing um and i I, ever since i was a kid i've had like really fucking like ridiculous plane crash dreams um since i was really really like since i was a baby basically my nightmares would be about plane crashes but my mom used to travel with me a lot um so maybe that was it and i i just like i don't know i don't know when i started developing that fear of flying because i never had it really um but like i've always had those nightmares that's why i said i hate airport dreams and i hate um i hate um plane crashing dreams um which i used to have a lot of um which is where that one sequence i I, is that in the sixth season it's actually between the fifth and the sixth season that whole um (laughs) that whole what is that storyline called that storyline is called um uh, I might have to pause again and put put hold music on because I'm drinking like a gallon of water a day lately. I don't know why, um, but I'm noticing that in doing that, um, one, I'm not as hungry, and two, um, the definition in my abs like remains even though I'm not necessarily at the gym every day anymore because I'm really really trying to like organize all of the fucking. I've I've made so many recordings and so many fucking, um, like I've just been putting so much into the albums that i haven't been like necessarily working on until lately um so there's a lot in my in like my hard drives and all my flash drives and in my like there's a lot of work that i'm doing lately i'm just like living on coffee but i'm also um drinking a lot of water like gallons like a gallon a day at this point right now and i don't know uh i don't i I don't think it's bad to drink that much water um but of course um having to pause to use the restroom more than more than normal um so i might have to do that in a minute uh what was i talking about anyway i might as well just do that now and put on the hold music i'm also multitasking i'm making these fucking making these things for this thing i don't want to jinx it but here i'm gonna put on some hold music i realized that like it if i if i don't know i hate living in the if because in if is infinite but like if i were ever to the point of being like an actual headlining dj i realized that i would actually probably have to like control my food and water intake for a considerable amount of time before performing like carl cox actually does that i was listening to an interview with carl cox where he's talking about um his super long set i can't remember i think 16 hours i can't remember 10 i don't i don't know um his super long set um 
where he's he was like yeah i just don't eat or drink for a long time before my performance or something and then he said like midway through he had a slice of pizza and was good but i mean like i also i also um transmute energy in that way that like i don't necessarily think i'd i'd be that hungry like off of that crowd energy um just because even as a raver that crowd energy is the thing that's fed me anyway like i i I did a whole edc once and all i had was like one very salty chicken finger and uh, a couple of fries but the fries were also so salty that i didn't want them and then i realized that i must have been dehydrated even though i was drinking a hydro what's it called uh what's their fucking slogan life life's a party stay hydrated I can't remember, but I had one of their bags, their holographic fucking two-liter bags, and I was drinking one of those every day, but I never used the bathroom at ADC for three days. That's ridiculous. Um, So I was actually, like, dancing and sweating away all that water, I think, because I didn't touch the restrooms. Um, I think maybe once in three days. Um, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. That's nuts to me. I I was like, how did I do that? Because I drank two liters of water from my hydro pack a day and didn't use the restroom at all for fucking three days my first edc that's a whole nother story in its own um and i plan to tell it i actually plan to like go into like the the backgrounds of all these stories but right now i'm gonna i'm gonna play this whole music i'm gonna play a different song than i played last time sounded more like hold music i realized um let's see where are we at we're in the sixth season somewhere oh yes um we're in the sixth season and a lot of side stories which by the way if you've been listening to these you realize that that's how i tell stories but these these um one are more for me for like a writer and b are more like some behind the scenes tidbits that i might hold on to um you know for a long time i'm not sure i'm not sure how it'll be 
uh, how how receptive my um, my number of audiences will be to all of these ideas and all these stories that are being told. And this one, this one in particular is more sensitive of of a subject to me, um, just because it has more along to do with like on the lines of like people are people they're not just actors they're not just musicians they're not just somebody that happened to have gotten famous like they actually have like emotions although i'm learning a lot about being like a high performance like being you know somebody like madonna or beyonce and it has our skrillex even and it has a lot to do with the way that a person handles energy um in high amounts because like you have to think about like what it's like to not only have um all that that energy surging through you um i think billy eilish was like it's too much power ah, ha, ha, you know but whatever blue-eyed people they eat that shit um yeah but she was like ah, ha, ha. i was like whoa holy shit kid um but no to actually be able to to not just deal with that level of immense energy being pushed at you all the time um like even in your sleep but being able to perform um at a high capacity with that level of energy aiming at you because like energy you know whether or not science is caught up to this notion yet or this theory is very much can be a material thing depending on the amount of you know it's like um it's like blowing a kiss at somebody like that you know with enough force that thing is a thing you know or um the butterfly effect and that uh the the flutter of a butterfly flies wing can cause like a hurricane on the other side of the planet some shit like that but i mean like energy is energy and the way that it moves um i think has a lot to do with fame and how like the the ability of a person or the capacity of a person to be able to handle certain amounts of energy so like i said i i don't deal well with um i don't deal well with fame i don't know why so i don't necessarily think that you know um i don't necessarily think that it's for me in a in a certain way because I'm, i'm so sensitive to energy in the way that even if a certain episode or a certain um number (laughs) a certain number of uh uh you know episodes are downloaded i feel that when i first started to when the numbers first started to increase um i actually used to get like waves of like nausea not nausea but like i would feel so weird that i knew something was happening and then i like the only thing that i could connect that to was like realizing that the the numbers had jumped you know from from the hundreds into the thousands or whatever and realizing that like i was feeling that energy that surge of like fame technically even though it it wasn't happening at you know uh, a super high like i couldn't imagine what it's like to fucking to to um you know, your your music getting a, a a billion views or whatever, a million views. Like I couldn't imagine what that's like. You know, I had the most money that I've ever had at once was twenty thousand dollars, and that shit fucking threw me for a loop. Um, like I I didn't know what to do. You know, um, I didn't know what to do. So I couldn't imagine necessarily having like a fifty million. You know, now I understand like finances and business and making the right investments and not you know not spending your money all in one place i was also homeless at the time and had no way to actually rent an apartment by the way so i just ended up traveling a lot which is like a really good way to drain your money very very quickly um but like i said i was unable i was unable to rent an apartment because of my my history 
um, which I will take responsibility and accountability for some things, but not others. It was not my fault that I was not able to rent this apartment or any apartment. So I just ended up traveling, um, you know, which is a really good way to spend $20,000 too quickly. Um, but yeah, that's still a very like in the, in the, uh, world that we live in, like now understanding like billions and trillions of dollars in the way that like these billionaires can like, they can lose like $270 billion in a day, but they're, you know, they still have like mansions and cars and planes and assets, you know, um, (laughs) also that, you know, some people don't have anything. And, um, one of the things that I learned when I was fasting a lot is like not to turn down a free meal if you're fasting because there's somebody that would um there's somebody on this planet that would do anything for that plate of food um so like not to be um like not to think that you're being morally um that you're doing anything morally like the fast is over if somebody offers you food and like i said before also you should not really even be around people when you're doing that kind of spiritual cleansing but like that's the point um because i started to notice when i was fasting and doing all this this is just another whole another it's just loops and loops it's infinite as fuck um that when when i would fast specifically was the only time my roommate at the time ever wanted to fucking give me anything or cook for me or anything it was only when i was like decisively fasting and like not saying anything about it because i was also like informed that like you shouldn't really announce your fasts you really shouldn't talk about it it's not something that's not it's not for anybody it's not for attention so i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't say anything about it but like it would only be when i was fasting that he'd want to offer me anything and for the first time i'd um first few times i was like no i don't you know um like i would just refuse but then i i got this kind of like um i got this pretty much instruction you know the spirit that was like hey just so you know like the whole point of this is to understand like what hunger is and to experience it on this level to the point where there there are people who would do anything for that food so you should not you know take that lightly you should not take that for granted that that is available to you and you should eat it um because it's free and so yeah um that that actually opened up a whole nother level of like fucking one time i was fasting and i like walked into like a feast and that feast just happened to be like of all my favorite things like every single dish that you could possibly imagine that i've ever loved I, and they were like it's free i was like wow <laughs> the fast is over but yeah no that was that was nuts um let's see where are we at we're in the sixth season and how famous people are people too and sometimes people forget that because of the level of energy that that person has attained through their talent or their wealth or a combination of the two um but this i i don't know i've been avoiding it because it's one the the um this storyline is not even finished it, i mean like it is it actually is the the whole thing is actually like it's not scripted it's finished from start to finish um and it became very important to me in this whole in this it, well um if you're following along in the legend of super Kree, like super Kree exists because um is like this character that exists between like worlds and multi-dimensionality so in some in some worlds in which she exists like is only a fictional character um in some worlds in which she exists is a video game is a comic book character um is a legend you know like a urban legend like well you know they say that this is the way that you summon this creature or whatever um is basically like a multi 
multitude of things to a multitude of worlds and it just kind of belie- it just kind of depends on a belief that um this character even exists whether or not she's gonna come save you because she is a superhero so she does you know um save the rave in a in a certain sense but also there's this um i think in the very beginning <laughs> like the 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 celebrities of hollywood are like <laughs> are being damned are being goddamned um i think <laughs> like basically there's like this um and i can't remember i would have to revisit it in my own story uh in my own writing that in uh, a lot of the beginning is so hard to get through that i i still can't revisit it i think that some of it was published very briefly um again from just like me being hollywooded because like sometimes i don't know what's happening so i'll just be like is this what you want like to the universe i'm like is this it is this what you want and i'll put something out that i haven't like i don't proofread it on purpose um maybe because like if i did proofread it i would feel so um i would get so like i would get self-conscious i would get self-reflective and then maybe even delete it there are certain things that don't exist anymore because i deleted them um, like I started deleting a lot of things that I wrote in the beginning that I wish that I hadn't because it's I think it's just important to keep record of like how I was feeling in that moment or what the experience was um but this is this experience I'm not um I don't know I feel like I, I want to smoke weed or something to even because it got it got to the point where it wasn't funny anymore to me or to anybody who might be experiencing it um so I'm working at the smoke shop with this dude named Nick who I still oh my god he had his own fucking storyline going on um like like IRL that like I I sensed it coming but was just like I'm just gonna you know not say anything about it but he was my he was my manager at the other shop and it was funny because because it was a conflict of interest and they are so heavily competitive um the smoke shop owners in this area um I didn't say anything about like also working at this other place at the at the same time but it was weird that because I had trained so um intricately (laughs) because I had tried to learn everything about everything that when I started this other job they were like whoa you know a lot about this stuff I'm like what you know what can I say I'm a stoner (laughs) whatever um (laughs) you know and I also had learned from working at those gyms um that I was really good at sales that I had to become kind of like a sales shark in that way that like if I wanted to sell something and if it was going to benefit me to sell it then I was good at selling it but I also have to like to be a good salesperson I also have to like like what i'm selling i can't just sell things that i don't like i think i'd be good at selling cars but i'm not gonna i mean like i could i don't know i think i think i'd have to sell like like supercars or like luxury vehicles or aston martins or something um (laughs) like i'd have to sell something really fucking impressive to me it couldn't just be like a i will i don't i I like all cars but there are certain cars that i just couldn't sell because i'd be like this is you know this will get you through the day. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be good at it. Um, but yeah, it'd have to be like a, you know, at least like a Lexus. I don't know. Uh, those are good cars, by the way. They drive really smooth. Anywho. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm working at this place with this dude named Nick. And, and we just automatically kind of clicked and became friends. Another DJ, by the way, who um, was living with, I don't know. It, it got weird. I, I got like drugged back into like distant dj land because one it's dtla it's right down the street it's like right off spring street from fucking one of my favorite clubs 
um that is basically i think pretty much insomniac or factory 93 has like the like they they own that club or they operate out of it to the point where it's just like i would kind of stop by and shazam all i could on my way to work (laughs) sometimes because i worked the night shift so i'd be like oh okay let's let's see what's going on over here on spring street and also like one of my favorite restaurants in the world is over there um because they have tater tots yeah um (laughs) also donut friend i miss la so much i miss i miss donut friend oh my god donut friend everything on the menu is vegan everything but you wouldn't know it and they even have ice cream oh i miss that place so much um this 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 part of la just kind of became my playground they they do another thing called the vegan playground and that place is cool even though i was on a budget so i didn't get to go like i don't you know like the vegan playground itself is free um but the everything costs astronomically because everything's like a small business like artisanal vegan oh i still want to go back to the vegan playground another dj um i think his name is i think he calls himself like the techno tupac (laughs) techno tupac was like hey i'm over here at this vegan thing come over here and i was like all right because djs have their own like secret language so i was like okay cool so i got summoned over there and then i went over there this is a side story but it is season six um i went over there and then they were like i oh my synesthesia took over because like there was like there's music over here there's music over there there's music and then there was there was an actual live dj and i was like holy shit like i just got spun into the vegan playground and then like didn't want to go back because i spent like 50 bucks or some shit and i was like that's too much (laughs) um but i had fun i still want to go back i want to go back and i want to try um i think i did have the uh i don't know they have vegan spam and i was like craving spam and they were like hey spam and i was like yes i love spam um (laughs) i do it's kind of gross when you think about it like they're like spiced ham in a can what is it spiced it's spam um but they have vegan spam and it was really good um yeah um anyway vegan playground and then i got like i i don't know i filled up my shazams but i probably don't even have those shazams anymore because i was working at this place i was really cool with the manager who was also a baby dj who was who was like i'm not the real dj my roommate's the real dj and the the roommate had like some kind of i can't remember like the roommate was like best friends with pasquale's best friend and i was just like oh shit or something like that something weird and had like an italian name of course because all those guys over there are italian and um (laughs) that was the guy that was like what's your genre and i was like i was like uh (laughs) i was like um techno or house and he was like no you have to pick one and i was like tech no no house and he was like because i i get bored with house with just house like if you're just a house dj that's just boring like yes i can play a house set for nine hours but who can't it's four to the floor and some fucking piano chords like that's it everybody can play house for forever it's house music that's why it's called house music that's actually not i'm learning a lot about dj history and it came from like the warehouse or just house you know because it was this place where people to hang out that's how it ended up in new york is because i need to learn all the history that was like part of me that i didn't realize you know um so yeah anyway but this is when i'm still (laughs) when i'm still on the other end of things um my manager was like a baby dj and he's like i'm just learning but my 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 uh, roommate is like actually like the you know he's he's like friends with 
basketball's best friend or something and sometimes he you know he he does this or sometimes does that and I'm like that's cool we should all you know play a set together and he was like yeah um maybe when he's not doing this or that and I was like whatever um you know working at this fucking place um but yeah working at this place is when like worlds started to collide in ways that like I don't think anybody ever expected um at all but I'm still kind of like putting together in my head of like what the multi-dimensionality maybe i'll just save maybe i'll just save this this uh, tidbit for another time um for another time just because i am still sensitive to like people and just like whatever they're going through because like i had the sense um it was when i started of course writing the timmy turner timeline and i was like maybe i shouldn't <laughs> like i actually never had that i was never like maybe i shouldn't write this but i definitely had this feeling i was like i don't want to google I don't want to Google this because I feel like it's just a coincidence. But I also felt like at the same time that it wasn't because of the amount that I was writing. I was like, there's no way this is a coincidence at all. Um, but also, also just not trusting dudes named Nick. Um, um, let's see. How, do, how can I talk about this experience that kind of like is cryptic enough? How long do I even have? There's By the way, I'm in a building right now where they installed all these toilets um that like don't work so the toilets are really loud and it also fucks up my synesthesia because like anytime i get nervous or anxious like a toilet like or a series of toilets will flush and it'll make me feel like i'm not supposed to say what i'm saying or not supposed to think what i'm thinking but i'm also getting over that in the way that it's like the homeless system is actually probably just the most effective form of psychological torture that has ever been invented ever um, so you can't put anything past the system or the government to do like to do whatever the fuck they want to a person because that's the way that the system is built. I'm gonna just say that right now. Um, so I mean, like I've been tested, I've been toyed with, I've had parts of my past dragged out. Um, I've I've had to fucking fight like physically, which I never thought I'd have to do again. Um, you know, like uh, it's just it's not cool. I've been. Um, <laughs> I've been um recorded without my permission. I've ha- I've been I've had my like parts of my podcast manipulated um to the point where like this is why this season's not coming out yet cuz it's not safe. Um you know, um I've I've had roommates that try to fuck with my head or bring up my my dead fucking babies and um like my marriage which is just not like a thing. Like to me, like if you like if you break your vows in a way that like like the vows are no longer valid period and i mean cheating does that alone but like i don't know like i said my my relationship was so so heavily violent and there goes the toilet flushing again um whatever at this point i'm just like it's karmic dude like you can't you can't like beat your wife into an oblivion and not expect like you know like to not apologize for it and not like acknowledge it and think that it just goes away like somebody saw that shit like god saw that shit like our kids saw that shit even though they weren't necessarily old enough to be conscious about it like that's that's energy um and the way that energy moves is very very fucking real (laughs) um you know so i don't you know i don't at this point i don't expect an apology for it at this point i've kind of like i i don't know i i'm in a point of forgiveness um the number 420 keeps coming up which is not i think it's just like more desensitization like i have to um like i have to get used to certain parts or certain elements yeah 
Um, I have to get used to certain parts or certain elements of like actual culture or life like being exploited. Like the shape of a star is not going to go away just because the person that hit me um, and abused me for so long is named that. Like that's not going to go away. If anything, like I just have to like put it as far from my mind as possible without it hurting or like you know seeing that shape over and over again eventually will desensitize it or seeing the number 420 our anniversary over and over again <laughs> will eventually desensitize it i don't know um i don't know how that's gonna play out so i'll go ahead and avoid that um but the tim and turner timeline which is actually one of my favorites um it actually gets like really deep into like the whole multi-dimensionality um yeah i'll just i'll just skip over the actual occurrence um like i said don't be sexy around me don't be famous around me um and and definitely don't don't um <laughs> don't inf infiltrate my brain um to the point where i can't really um differentiate between reality and um reality and fiction because it, it was just all blurring together in a way that um my manager nick <laughs> couldn't be trusted for shit um so so when he told me when he told me something like hey like did you just realize what happened like i didn't even believe him in the first place but then it happened a second time and i was like oh i guess that did um that is a thing that's happening um why um and i was writing so much about it that it just that's pretty much how the sixth season was written like from that moment um from that moment um and then i lost a lot of the shazamming that i was doing um because i was let's see yeah i only have 20 minutes left and then i have to i have to go to whole foods <laughs> i'm actually not looking forward to it i usually do but like i don't know right now i just want a cookie um i'm not i'm not like super dieting or anything i'm not i was do like i said i was doing keto for a while but then i just kind of got like uncomfortable and i don't want to keep on fucking with my body to the point where it doesn't know like i'm just eating like a regular person right now and like going to the gym on a minimum basis which is like three or four days a week um and trying to finish out all these projects and once these projects are like near completion i can go back to the gym six days a week because that's just what i like i just like going to the gym six days a week <laughs> that's just how i like what like if i had a home gym i'd be in that bitch every day like in every free moment i had uh, I be in that bitch all the time because it's just a good way to start your day like on top of the world being fucking I don't know um yeah thanks Skrillex for my fitness anywho um yeah 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 um let's see what where was I oh season six in the Timmy Turner timeline like I said I just kind of respect people like no matter how famous or unfamous or whatever level of controversy um this person is dealing with like I just want like i just want everything to be okay so i mean like even even very effectively like before the first season of this this shit happened with somebody that i i have always cared about so so deeply that i began to worry and so this happened again um in the sixth season where i just began began to get worried um which is what happens when i look people directly in the eye on accident um <laughs> just what fucking happened um this dude <laughs> this dude he came into my fucking workplace and i'm already really annoyed because i don't like this the, i don't like the conditions of this job like i like hanging out with nick um and that's who was there um when, when we were working and fucking this dude comes into the fucking smoke shop and i like i said i don't deal well with attractive people 
Um, and there was no level of fame in this at all um, because I didn't realize who I was looking at. Um, regardless of the level of fame, it doesn't really matter. It's just irritating fucking energy to me. Um, but the, the thing that irritated me about this person was like how attracted to them I was immediately, but only because, only because, and Nick was like, oh yeah, Nick started training me and he was like, oh, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you're like flirting with me that you kind of like me. And like, Nick is not at all my type. <laughs> he's like a six foot tall, like football player, like very, he's from Jamaica, um, originally, or actually from New York. Um, and I learned a lot about drill music while I was working there, which is fun, but not for eight hours a night. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no. So he was like, oh, I can tell you kind of like me. And I'm like, hey, you know, I've had this experience in being celibate and not really dating over the past, you know, like five years that like some guys take it differently, like rejection. But like, it's not necessarily that I'm rejecting you as much as like, I'm rejecting the notion of being sexual with like pretty much anybody, um, pretty much anybody. Uh, I don't know. I've never done the math on the percentage of what like, like f the number five is it to eight billion people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there's like <laughs> maybe even less than that. There are less than a handful of people that I would be willing to fucking share my body with on this planet and there are eight billion people on this planet or so um so that being said <laughs> if you're not in that list anywho um <laughs> um yeah um what was it oh yeah um nick nick is just a fucking character bro and he was always saying shit that like you couldn't tell if he was being serious anyway but like why would you trust him so i mean like we we clicked really 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 quickly um because he was like oh i can tell you like me and i was like actually i'm celibate and then like the running joke for him from then on was just like hey if you ever feel like not being celibate um and i'm just like yeah no no um you know but he was great he was he was actually really cuddly though because i did like hugging him because he was like huge um and he was my friend and i like hugging my friends um when i make them and he he actually was my friend and and my manager my coworker um at this place where we just like circulated like robots because they were so short staffed one because of the work conditions like uh, only one out of the four or three locations had a toilet <laughs> um and that toilet was in the next building over and it was very very um it was not very well managed you had to like take the toilet paper with you <laughs> um yeah it was always cold there was no heater um you know in the middle of winter like the rain that came um but it's actually a very famous place it's like a um like it's it's famous for being located where it's located and being 24 hours so like we just rotated in and out of that place like we were always working doubles or like staying late because the next person was late um myself included but only because the work conditions were so bad and it was like we we're, we're, weren't getting paid um we weren't technically allowed to take tips which is should be illegal especially when somebody like when somebody's bill comes to like fucking ten dollars and they hand you a hundred and they just leave like they're oh you're not supposed to take tips but only because the manager fucking um the manager before nick 
um, I guess, had fucking embezzled like thousands of dollars from this lady. And so in order to make up for that, she was like, oh, you can't take tips anymore. Um, but like that was gnarly because people would people would walk away from like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, and I'm just like, no wonder she's getting her fucking money back. But yeah, she also <laughs> she also had like very slick practices of getting that money back. Like she would purposely not have like pennies and nickels in the register, which if you've ever tried to give change um, with no pennies and nickels is almost impossible. Um, you know, so there was this, <laughs> I was like, dang, like I was doing the math at like how much she was like taking in from like these little things that she was doing i actually had a respect for this lady like a disrespect because i was like my toes are freezing um and also you just expect us to be machines like 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 there wasn't enough staff for between the three stores that she owned so like on our breaks we would just go relieve each other and the stores were within like a mile radius of each other which was cool because the more i was working the less i was at the gym you know um, and I was making sure to DJ all the time. So I was putting out those mixtapes, which was a majority of the sixth season until the beginning of the Timmy Turner timeline, which I still think that experience is, is like due in part to like, I wasn't writing until that moment. And then I was like, oh, no. then I became like a writing machine because of the way that I was feeling about it. Um, just being irritated. Um, like I said, I get irritated around, um, sexy people at all. Um, and I've already talked about how people who are famous are like shiny to like a certain extent. Um, so shiny people. But I'm usually irritated when like when like uh, an attractive Caucasian male walks into my realm because these are typically the people that I'm attracted to. And like I'm but are usually out of my league and usually have like a happy little white girl trailing behind them. So usually they bring in like this girl that's always had everything and is pretty and it's just like, you know, the girl that gets picked over me behind them. So I'm usually like checking over somebody's shoulder to say, I'm like, who did you bring with you that's gonna fucking kill my soul today? Um <laughs> you know, a baby, let's ugh. Anyway, um and I don't hate them. They just always get the guys that I like, you know, or the guys that I like always pick them. Um, so I, I was irritated enough that, um, when this person walked into the store, I, like, glared at him, like, directly, like, we accidentally made eye contact on accident, because, like, I turned around, because I had to do my job, I heard somebody walk into the store, and so I turned around, and I was so irritated at how attracted I was to this person, that I didn't say anything, and I just walked away angrily, I was like, get out of my face, um, <laughs> And then after he left, after he left, Nick was like, do you realize who that person was? And I was like, no, who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, I was just irritated all the time. Because sometimes being celibate works against me in the way that, like, I'm almost a 30-year-old woman at this point. Like, my hormones are raging. So anything that I see even mildly attractive is going to wake up my dragon. And my dragon is not going to get to eat anything because I'm celibate. So I'm just fucking, like, irritated. And that's what that was. Uh, and turned around was angry as fuck um because you know that's what i mean like i can only equate it to like how a 12 year old boy might feel like when he gets like a boner on accident and it can't control that shit that's how i feel when i see attractive people um that i can't hit like i can't i can't fucking do shit about it so i just get mad and <laughs> so i got mad and i fucking i i made nick do his transaction i was like you do this <laughs> um turned around and like kept stalking shells so i was like Ugh, i was so mad um and then he was like oh do you know who that was that's uh this person from this tv show that i used to watch when i was a kid 
and I was like, whatever, because I because it was Nick. I was like, who who's gonna believe you about that shit? You say shit all the time. He'd be like, oh yeah, the fucking flying spaghetti monster was just here and blah blah blah. But I mean, like a lot of famous people went into that store, like rappers and shit. That I just didn't fucking like. I said I could give a shit about you being famous, especially if you're gonna come in and fucking act all ostentatious. But like this particular experience was just me being irritated at my monster, um, because that's how it was. Like I was like, I'm gonna irritate. I'm irritated. Um, and then, and then, um, like, I didn't, I don't think I thought much of it until, like, I think it was, like, only a couple days later, too. He came back, and, like, I, like, I fact-checked with my eyes. I was like, oh, that is that person. Huh. And, um, and, uh, just so happened to be dressed like, uh, I think, and maybe this is the point where Hollywood kicked in just a little bit or maybe fate or whatever because um, it's it's more like in the sixth season where these things these worlds these multi-dimensional worlds begin twisting so i mean like i had already started writing the fairly odd parents timeline in like the beginning of the first season um the whole um the timeline with cosmo and wanda when they're like young and it's like a live action version of it because they're like young they're they're like in their early 20s like in their party days um long before long before timmy turner and long before any of the actual like you know series it's, it's a live action um they're they're going through these really funny um <laughs> you know these really funny predicaments as a couple cosmo and wanda um, so I had already started writing about that, like, a long, long time before that. And then, I guess, just because um, uh, he showed up in, like, a pink hat and, <laughs> I think, like, a pink sweater, too. I do remember. He came in in, like, a really nice sweater and, like, a hat. And um, he just looked like the character that I was just like, oh, yeah, it is Timmy Turner. <laughs> I was like, oh, it is. And then he said something. He said something, like, uh, he said something, um, uh... He said something that sounded scripted. He was just like, oh, you fucking... Because um, he bought something super expensive. He was just like, oh, you robbing people. And I was like, yeah. And um, and then he left. And I was like, what the fuck is Timmy Turner doing? Um, and then that's that's how the whole Timmy Turner like thing got started. Like rewriting about that. Um, which is still, to this day, like I said, one of my favorites. And only two seasons behind us. Um, so that whole timeline like bled into like the sunny blue timeline because sunny blue is like a like um, Timmy Turner's like a party animal he doesn't have his fairies anymore in this in this part of the the series you know um, sunny blue is like a drug kingpin um, there's all this other shit going on with like the Banff ramps and like the um, they're like all the multi-dimensions are like bleeding together um, you know in this very and it's also it's it at the beginning like it's it's when the people are starting to take their their um people are starting to take sides um for the final battle that's happening between worlds like the battle between worlds um you know the the which which um is i don't know there's so there's so much um, because like the be the opening of this portal is actually in Westwood <laughs> in the very beginning of the script it's in the it's in the botanical gardens um, where this portal opens basically to the battle of uh, the the battle between worlds and the multi-dimensions so it's all it's all Hollywooded but I mean like the final battle really is um, it's like in Vegas I think 
um but there's so many portals and shit like people are coming in and out of portals people are fucking hopping in and out of dimensions and fucking like there's <laughs> dylan francis playing both sides so you don't know if he's like the fucking hero or the villain like there's so much shit going on um there's the harry potter world comes in in the sixth season because after this this is when it, this is where i'm like okay i got hollywooded because um after that nick was like oh do you know who that was i was like i don't give a fuck i'm just fucking glad he didn't have some little blonde chick with him to fucking come take pieces of my soul for breakfast um i was just glad <laughs> i was just like oh whatever um glad mad sad uh, lots of emotions which made me start writing because i wasn't really writing but then i ended up writing this massive i i still don't i don't know how to find that but it's like the beginning of the written sixth season because before that i think what i was doing was with every mixtape i would just post like poetry or excerpts from the first through fifth seasons that i had already written and there was no i was not doing any like live writing but then i started writing live and that that opened up the whole world because then i started working at all of the stories that this lady owned and the characters that would come in were just like <laughs> like exacerbating this like catharsis of writing that i was doing um to the point where i was just like oh it's, it's fucking magic <laughs> it's more magic and it was um but like it um and then it rained of course for uh, like a month in la and it, it did get weird to the point like i'm not the kind to talk about the weather but you had to talk about it because it was like there's water falling from the sky this is the apocalypse um because it just didn't stop it just did not stop raining um for a certain amount i was also like very sleep deprived still making my fucking mixtapes working at these places and then um it got to the point where um i it, i i couldn't handle it i think yeah it, like i couldn't handle the fact that like i still wasn't making enough money to fucking to get an apartment you know um and then this girl this girl who was like super pregnant but like never not working so like we all worked at all of the stores and the only place that i didn't work at was the the restaurant that she also owned she owned like a straight city block in in um in dtla which is why i like respected this woman um but also just as a fucking boss had like had horrible business practices and would just like expect you to be able to like okay now you're working at this store now you're working at this store and your schedule changed all the time um and like i said it was cold there was no toilet um there was no toilet sometimes sometimes people would come relieve you for your work uh, for your bath for your bathroom break or for your lunch break and sometimes not um then there was a waiver that you had to sign when you would just waive your lunch break but like if you had to sign that she'd be like why did you have to sign this because she'd have to pay you like a stipend for it and it's just like yo because nobody came to relieve me for my break or whatever or i just got used to it and i would rather have the 18 fucking bucks or whatever um for not taking a lunch break but either way um it got it got to the point where it was just like um i think it started to like collapsing in on itself when i started realizing that um that i was on like that i was in the fame game that i was playing this very weird map of a very strange re reality um to the parallels of reality and i was putting myself to the side enough that it was making me unhealthy that i was staying in a place that i was sharing a room with three other people sometimes five other people um if i couldn't afford the rooms or of course 
I was paying a tourism tax because I was staying in a hotel. It's getting close to the two seasons. The energy is also changing um, just because I'm talking about so much stuff that makes me nervous. And I really I really am a biocentrist. So it's like any any level of anxiety that I'm feeling is because of me. And anything that I'm experiencing is because of me, no matter how horrible it is. So I must just honestly be an awful person. At this point, this is the reality that I've accepted is that I'm just shitty. Um, you know, <laughs> that it, and that's okay. Um, Because I don't know anybody that's ever succeeded at anything in the music industry that's not in some way shitty. Like, as much as you can put on a front that, like, oh, you're just the fucking... Like, everybody loves you, yes, but it's because this amount of talent and charisma that you have. But you're also shitty in a number of ways, and you have to fucking acknowledge that. That business is shitty, and to succeed in it, you have to be some in some ways just shitty. Um, Robert Greene. (laughs) But, yeah um yeah no this this season the harry potter season the the um i can't i can't remember how it like some some shit happened where i was just like oh fuck yeah um yeah i don't know it just started being really hollywooded where like characters would cut like people would come into the store and and do full monologues where it was just like nobody but me and god to witness and i'm like i have to write about this right like this is not this is not real (laughs) this is not normal at all um you know people would come in and be like hello i am and i'm like what (laughs) okay uh okay right all right just write about it and i was i was writing so much um, I also like you know started I think put started to put out music that I had made that I forgot that I made um, at that point and I think that's kind of what started the shift in energy that once I started putting music live on Spotify that I forgot that I made I think the the world of music came back and was like okay like now you're gonna do this seriously considerably um, because it it like i think i i I slept in which i never did but i also never set an alarm um like ever like i would just like wake up when i was supposed to even if i had only slept for like 30 minutes i would just wake up to be able to go to work but one day um i i overslept and when i got there there was already somebody to replace me and then my boss got mad at me and she was like i'm just gonna put you at this one location only and see if you can handle that but like that one location was like where all the like the ghetto shit popped off all the time it was like the one closer to skid row um that i just i was like i do not want to be stuck there 100 percent of the time like i liked rotating between all the stores but it just got to be too much for me um and to the point where i don't think i was working out or i was making a point to work out and that's why i was getting like tired but i also didn't want to get fat because i was in la (laughs) um i was in la and you just can't be fat in la like as much as as much as we're trying to say that like hey we're in a body positivity movement like no like that's um you know like no we're not we're not when it comes down to la like they want you skinny as skinny as skinny gets and those are the girls that succeed in everything um but i had i had a very handsome beautiful um beautiful person explain to me that like why those girls are are ideal for men 
Um, you know, why it's ideal to be like 120, why it's ideal to be Caucasian. Basically, because he he mansplained it to me and it's stuck with me ever since. He's like, yo, fucking, like, you look like you um, and that's why I like you. But also, my girlfriend could be anybody because she is like, you know, she's average, (laughs) you know? My girlfriend's like white and and pretty and like white and pretty, just like the rest of them, who I also have to compete with everybody in my world um as a as a um standard white man (laughs) i have to compete with everybody i can't have a girlfriend that looks like you um because they would they i I might even get demoted at my job you know people would talk about me behind my back my pride can't take that he he mansplained like being a californian man to me to the way that i respected him for it but it also like i don't know has been breaking my heart ever since because i'm just like oh that's why you know like i'm just not even in the i'm not the right type for anybody that I like <laughs> um you know I'm not the right I, I don't look right I'm not red carpet ready because um you know um they've done studies like they they tend to be more attracted to us the more white looking we are the more white passing the more white acting so I mean like even though I have some of those traits like I'm still not and it's also it comes down to class like um you know I think I think it was Miley Cyrus yeah it was that got like I think it was like a big deal because she took like a homeless dude um to the Grammys or something wherever um to the VMAs maybe I don't know one of those award shows um but he was a really pretty looking dude um, she cleaned him up and took him out. Um, he was he was a good looking like homeless dude, but everybody was like he is homeless, um, you know. So that's um, that's something. Either way, this is the this is the end of this episode about the sixth season. I gotta finish doing these things and then go to the Whole Foods Market where I fucking live. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I they they just have the best fucking healthy food. Um, you know for it's not decently priced because after shopping at a regular supermarket and getting like fruits and vegetables that were like gmo and eating them and being so extremely disappointed like the price difference made sense to me i was like oh you know this same thing of fruit is like three dollars but at whole foods it's like 10 but like the one that was three dollars didn't taste like anything at all i was like oh organic makes a difference and that's why it costs so much anywho that's um that's season six because season six rolled into season seven real quick um whereas i just decided uh she was like oh you're only gonna be at this one place this one location i was like i can't handle that i quit um and she was like well okay here's your last check and i took that and uh um i was like cool but i needed to get my um my drum machine this is the end of the sixth season by the way i needed to get my drum machine out of the fucking pawn shop in vegas where i had left it in the fifth season because oh yeah that's why that's why i had enough money to even move to la in the first place because i pawned my fucking everything um everything except for my my flex which i took with me and um i went to go get it out but this is how i got stuck in new york in the first place is that spirit airlines is not reliable (laughs) they are cheap but if you actually are on time crunch don't you know so the plan was to go to to um vegas to get my drum machine to fly back and then to take the train to new york but uh but um the first plane i landed in vegas um late because we took off from burbank i think it was yeah it was burbank we took off from burbank hours 
hours late. And uh, I got to Vegas like maybe an hour like when i was supposed to be checking in because like i i timed it right that i i could like the plane would land i would go straight to the pawn shop back to the airport and then catch my plane back to la where my train would take me to new york and um no that's not what happened at all um the first plane landed so late that i couldn't catch the second plane and i actually had to take a bus back from vegas i had my drum machine with me but i had to take a bus back from vegas to la which pushed my train trip back by 24 hours which made me miss my flight to rome from new york and that's how i ended up that's how i ended up um stuck in new york actually and that's that's you know where the seventh season started um i guess and then you know that that whole debacle like we'll talk about season seven next um even though it's like only one season behind us right season seven season six season six or was the end of season six technically in new york technically i guess i don't know i would say maybe that's another between seasons thing um yeah because i would say maybe even the finality season six had a finale that ended with skrillex that's right um because <laughs> season seven Season 7 was still in New York. So season 6, 7, 8. Um, so yeah, that's it. That that was the finality of, of season 6, kind of. Because like I think even though the technical end of season 6 was in New York City, like the... the I don't know. It's almost like the finale part of it was like its own after movie. Um, getting to New York and getting stranded. Um, and being stuck here and then um realizing that um <laughs> that my reach was a, a little bit more um heavy than i expected like i did not expect um sunny to have ears or be listening um which was obvious because all of a sudden i'm in i'm in <laughs> brooklyn and then um he's in brooklyn which made me again don't be famous around me and especially don't be sunny because that's like the epitome of being sexy and famous <laughs> and then yeah um so i didn't need that attention at all but i got it um and then it, that just ended up spiraling spiraling me into that um that postseason postseason recognizances recognizance Recog- I can't remember, but it was like the postseason. Yeah, because the end of season six was that. That was like the finale. It was like, hello, I'm dropping my album. And I was like, fuck you and your album. And he was like, albums, actually, fuck off. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, fucking fuck, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that pretty much reiterates the end of that. I think I'll maybe double back on this and do, I'll talk about that because I think I'm ready to. I don't think I could necessarily really talk about it until now because it, it, I don't know, it hurt. It still hurts. Kayla Lauren still hurts. I don't know why. I can't say. Um, but I, at, that, at, at the same time, like, I don't know, I became a gym rat because of it and I'm still a gym rat. So, you know, lucky me. Um, anyway, that concludes this. Thanks for listening. The next episode will, I guess, be about Skrillex and his um, uncanny ability to fucking shoot my brain into mush, um, which is something that um, that artist has always done from the beginning, I think. Um, but from like a dance floor perspective, and now I think I think the only way that was ever going to blow my mind again was in the way that hap- that happened, um, just because of everything else that happened in between. And I realized that I started at season four and I've been moving up to it. 
but I, I never talked about seasons one through four, so maybe I'll have to do that too because that, that would definitely explain um, everything more uh, in-depth, I guess we'll say. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure when that will be. I think it, I think it, I'm not sure. It might be a few days before I can even do that again because it's Tuesday and I'm expecting a downfall of uh, <laughs> whatever has been happening. But um, yeah, right now I'm gonna, I don't even know what I'm eating. I had croissant sandwiches already and I can't have any more bread now because I'm not, I'm not at the gym every day. Um, but I am drinking like a gallon of water every day and that's like, I don't know, even though my water weight's not going anywhere, the definition of my, in my abdomen is still like more defined. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what drinking a gallon of water a day does except for this. Anywho, um, that's the end of this episode. I got to go to Manhattan now, which I'm not looking forward to. I won't lie. Um, but at least I have coffee and I have like, I have a lot of things to do. I actually always get a lot done on the commute. Um, yeah, I always get a lot done on the commute, but only when it's sparingly. Like if I have to go back and forth between Queens and Manhattan every day, I, I don't get anything done because I'm just brain dead um, from the plethora of um, <laughs> of stuff. There's just too much sometimes going on on the subway. Anywho. Um, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Um, next episode will be, I guess, about the conclusion, the finale, the finale of season six and, uh, and my entrance into New York City by quite an accident, um, quite an accident. Okay. Thanks for listening. I think I said that three times now. So, So.